0: This is the Ezra Podcast. And we had a a great performance this past weekend. Uh, You know, uh, conversations that he should be in your pound for pound performance. And I'm going to get into that because I don't think no one really does a pound for pound the way I do. I don't think anyone does. So the way that you guys do it and the way that everybody else does it. I mean, there's there's a debate to be had. I think people may fight me on it, but I think there's a debate. There's definitely debate to be had. But let's get to the card, and I have it behind me. Let's just start off with it right now. This is a Sor Rung-Vasai versus Rodriguez card. Rodriguez versus Sor Rung-Vasai. Um, you know, it was, on paper, decent card. On paper, it was going to be some competitive matchups, uh, excellent matchups. And that, that's kind of like what you want. You know, sometimes they're... they're not all fights are going to deliver. Not all cards are going to deliver. What you want is excitement going in. Something to get you to tune in and see. Now, if you get a great fight from it and you keep getting great matchups, you're, you're bound to get some great fights. But, you know, sometimes they don't deliver. They don't deliver in great fights. But this one delivered, in, I thought, two great performances. I really did. So we could start off with the uh, first fight. It would be, well, let's talk about the main event. I always get to the biggest fight. So let's go to the Jesse Bam Rodriguez versus Soul Rung Masai. And Bam Rodriguez, who had moved up to 115, short notice, fought Quadras, um, beats him. Impressive victory, especially with all the the, the, the moving up, um, really his first real big step up fight against a veteran like Quadras. Then he goes and turns around and he fights so wrong of sight. So this is a man on a mission. This is a man that's super confident in his abilities, and he, he really believes that he's the best fight in the world. And he feels like he could take out these guys who are you know, consistent players at 115, which is to me, the best division in boxing. To me, that's the most depth. It's the most talent in boxing over. If you first put it versus every other weight class, I think 115 is the best. And this is a guy that said, I'm the best guy at 115. In his mind, he truly really believes that. And he goes to fight Sol Rungvisai. And in the fight that how I, when I broke it down, it kind of played out exactly how I broke down. Um, I thought that his movement, the ability to turn Sol Rungvisai was going to really eliminate a lot of the things Sol Rungvisai could do. Because Sol Rungvisai can hit you if you stand in front of him. Uh, if you stand in front of SSR, he can he could put some uh big shots on you. He's he he could be creative with his shots, and he hits. He has thudding shots, powerful shots. But Bam was never gonna let him do that. Bam was gonna keep turning him, turn him into shots. And defensively, you know what I said about Bam. What he needed to do was not get greedy in this fight. He couldn't get greedy, right? You're gonna land at will. We can't get greedy because that's going to give sore his opportunities. He never got greedy and his defense was better than I even imagined. It was a, it was an elite defensive performance. And I think that was his best quality. Honestly, of the night was his defense. Cause I didn't know if he could stay consistently like that. A lot of the time defense and all that takes mentality. It takes, um, a Discipline just how, like, your his offense is so disciplined, his movement is so dif- disciplined. He would need that for his defense. He kind of showed me that he could do it all. He kind of showed me that he had all the abilities you really needed the ring to be elite. He has them all. He could fight defensively, he can fight offensively, he can box. I already told you about his one twos, the straight one twos. His straight jab, his straight left hand is there's no fat on him. Like, as I said, going into him, I was like, there's no fat on him, and no one's talking about it because he has so much other things that you can't talk about. That you kind of over, you kind of look past the basics that he has. But he has that too. So he did what I thought. He was going to tour, t- turn Sauron beside. couldn't get anything going. He was teeing off on him. But he was doing it in moderations. He wasn't getting greedy. Right? And then he even dropped serum beside. And I thought it was off of, because serum side was turning off balance. And he drops him. I didn't really think that he was truly hurt. But Maybe you know these were the signs of him cracking, right? The 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 the, all the shots he was taking, they were starting to add up. And I didn't pick a stoppage in this because I thought Sorumbasai's, you know, chin would be able to hold up. He has we have evidence of him having a strong chin of being able to hold up against good punchers, great punchers, and uh, guys would put a lot of number of shots on you. It held up. I knew that uh, Bam was going to land a lot of shots. I knew that Bam was going to be able to tee off on him. Maybe this will kind of shift my view. If I feel that he's going to land that many shots, he kind of should pick the stoppage because no matter how good the chin is, there's only so much a man can take. And that's what happened in this fight is he did get dropped off balance, I thought, but then slowly was breaking down. I think those were the signs of it. And he gets stopped in this fight. And Bam has uh, just really an elite performance, a perfect performance. Not a lot to criticize. You would have to really, really, really uh, dig deep in this fight to find something to really criticize on him. And he just uh, really shows and plants his flag that he might be the best 115-pound fighter uh, in the game right now. He says he's going to go back to 112, so he's training these weight classes, which are only like three pounds away from each other. He's tr- he's using that to his advantage of being able to drop back and forth. And there's some tough competitions, at, uh, a tough competition at 112 as well. It seems like he wants to give his brother a chance at some elite competition, who is uh, Joshua Franco and there's a you know there's talks of him fighting Estrada that seems to be the next fight um Chocolatito doesn't seem to have an opponent yet maybe Bam is a future opponent for Chocolatito after he comes back down back up for 112 but right now they want to see Franco get his opportunity you know his brother same camp see him get his opportunity against the elite and you know you might uh might have two brothers here that take over the division now i don't think Franco is as good as Bam, but he is a talented fighter and he's a very good fighter. And I think that him versus Estrada is a very tough fight and it's a um I would favor Estrada in it, but I would not be stunned if Franco beat him at all. That's that's how the talent level that Franco has. Now, I don't think he's Bam. Don't say that. I think Bam right now. And this m- might, you know, I don't hear a lot of people saying this, but I think Bam, I would favor him over El Gallo and Chocolatito. I really would. I'd favor him over them right now. Now, Chocolatito might be, you know, not might be, I think it definitely is a little bit more on the downside of his career, but he's still an elite fighter right now, and I would favor Bam over him. Now, would I favor Bam, this version of Bam over the best version of Chocolatito? That's a completely different conversation, I really feel like. I feel like that he's come down just enough to where Bam is right now rising up that I could favor him. Um, That's not saying that, you know, that that's the Chocolatito of old where At his peak form, could he beat him? He he would give Bam a lot of of problems because his work rate, right? And the way Bam fights, it takes a lot of energy to do that. It takes a lot of energy to stay in the pocket and stay in punching range and turning your fighter a lot. It takes a lot on your legs. Like, that's a lot of cardio that's needed. So, if you notice the Quadras fight, there was a point where he dipped in energy. I didn't see that in this fight, but there was a point in the Quadras fight where he dipped in energy. There was a point where I thought it was going to happen for Sorumasai, but it never actually happened. He kept it consistently. Um, if Chocolatito kind of forces him to keep moving with because of Chocolatito understanding, you know, uh, his work rate and understanding the distance and kind of keeping Bam in a situation where he's constantly having to work and do something. And, you know, to so Chocolatito isn't just teeing off on him and forcing Bam to work uh, at a higher rate, too, and forcing Bam to really open up his offense. I think at the highest level, Cito could probably do that and give Bam a world of trouble. And I think his cardio might be coming to question late. As far as right now, I think it's still a tough fight. I think it's still a very good fight, but I would favor Bam in it. I think Algao... I mean, you've seen what Bam did to uh, messiah and Quadras. I think Algao is very talented, but... I just... I don't think he has the power to change, this, to change that kind of fight. I think the way he fights is... Um, he's very skilled. Estrada is very skilled, but... I don't know if he's dynamic enough for a guy like Bam. I don't think he's going to uh, be able to show enough and give him enough different looks or sh- have something in his game to really, you know, make Bam respect. I don't think he would. I don't think he has anything for Bam respect. And I think Bam would come in there very confidently. Now, we got to see how the Franco matchup goes, right? Like I said, I he have this tough matchup. But if Algao could pull out the Franco matchup, that does build a good storyline for him versus Bam. So let's see how that plays out. It seems like he's going to go to 112. Uh, the rumor i hear um and i've heard this from uh j bro uh J-Bro on boxing Twitter is that he's gonna go fight uh rey down at 112 and that's actually a matchup for him that's a, gonna be another notable win he's gonna rack up three notable wins in a row if he beats El rey which i would favor him to do so he's not um it doesn't look like he's looking to take a break at any point or take a you know uh g- take a give me fight he looks like he's here to make like I said, the confidence on Bam right now is, uh, is, is sky high. And he's not looking to for any gimme fights. He's looking to, I'm here now. I'm going to make a run. And to me, at this weight class, there's not a lot of stars. It's not a money division. I really think that he has a chance to be a star at this weight division. At 115 pounds, 112 pounds, I think he has a very good chance to be a star. There's a few things of why uh, he's Mexican. He's Mexican. If there's a good talented elite level meskin fighter Mexicans will find him he's has a charismatic style I, I don't know if we talk about that enough but when he, you watch him on TV everything he does is smooth uh, I, my friend Broadway I follow Broadway's uh, YouTube page for boxing he's the voice of Dominican boxing but he he described him as a skater an ice skater like he's constantly in motion everything looks smooth it looks good on TV like when you watch it it's fun to watch even if he's smoking a guy. It still, it still looks good, and you still want to see it. For those two things alone, right? And him taking out elite level competition, constantly facing the best of his of his division, I think there's a chance that he could be an ap- a breakout superstar at the lower weight classes. I think there's, a, there, it seems like there's a formula there for success in that. Talking about Soromvissai, you know, where does he go from here? You know, if he walked away right now. And I'm sure he might have like a farewell fight if he did was choosing to hang up the gloves. Um, He could do that. I think that, you know, a lot of people want to say that he's washed. I think that will start coming out right. People will saying, oh, he's washed. And that's why that happened. And now he's especially washed. He got stopped right and destroyed by Bam. I still think there's a I still think that Soroma is talented enough to compete with the you know, the other guys in the top 10, uh, he he probably won't beat a Chocolatito right now, he probably um won't beat Algao, but the, there's guys coming up in the middle of the pack, right, that I think that he'd be very interesting against, I still think that there'd be some quality matchups for him, and he's an entertaining fighter, I just think that he ran into, you know, one of the elites in the division right now, and I don't think that's ever going to change, that result's going to ever change, and I don't ever think that at the highest level he's going to be pulling off wins like that, but there's like I said, division super deep. There's other names that he could fight that would still be very interesting, like a like a Maloney. Honestly, like a Maloney would be very a uh, very interesting fight that I would like to see. I, but like I said, if he hung it up too, that, that would make sense as well. This is a guy that fought basically the, all the names at 115 um, in in his era, right? Win some, lose some. He's got win. He had a knockout win over chocolate, like. You know, that's going to be a hard win to surpass by any of these guys. He has wins over Quadros. He has wins over Estrada. I mean, you can't get past. That's a great resume that he has against high-level elite talent. And if he walked away, you know, like I'm saying, that's what he's walking away with. There's no sh- absolutely no shame in that. It's a um, a legend to me in the sport. But if he kept going on, I still think there's good fights for him. I still think there's some paydays for him and some interesting matchups. But, you know, we got to see where Bam goes. And I was talking about the pound for pound, right? And my pound for pound, resume pound for pound, it's all about what you've done in the ring and who you beat. But everybody else's pound for pound just make-believe, right? It's just a make-believe on who you think would win a fight, basically a mythical matchup, if they were the same weight class. And like I said, there's so many flaws to the thinking of that. But if just to say, if I did think like that, I don't know how Bam wouldn't be in your top ten. You would basically have to go against everything that you say what a pound for pound list is. You would have to go against it to not have Bam in your top ten. This dude has excellent leg movement. He showed elite defense. You can't deny the offense, right? The the his punching ability, the 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 um the high, you know the what's the word on what's the word I'm looking for the um wide range of shots he has. The, the way he could set up his shots, the way the activity rate, right, of what he's working at. There's just all these things. There's no way you could tell me that this guy and the skill level you're seeing and everything you're seeing him doing the ring against high level competition, this guy isn't a top 10 talent for you. So everything you guys tell me where you could just do it off of talent and just off the eye test. If, if your eyes ain't telling you this guy's top 10 pound for pound, just on talent alone, I, I, I don't know what to say. I'd probably throw away your list. Talent, the way you guys do pound for pound, where everybody does pound for pound, this guy should be on it. On my resume, pound for pound, he's just right there knocking on the door. Right? It's right chocolate him and, Chocol- and Chocolate Tito for that number 10 spot. I'm still going to favor Chocolate Tito over him right now because Chocolate Tito just destroyed Al Ray. Right? Um, beat Yafai. And had a controversial loss against Estrada. To me, that shows that he's still, that's, that's still a hell of a resume, even if I'm going from 2019 to present. He's still. Showing he's at that level. Rodriguez is right there. Rodriguez is like number is number eleven. He's right there with him. And their next fights m- might settle it. Rodriguez is gonna fight Al Rey, who's uh you know, a measuring stick fight against Chocolatito, but you know, at Al Rey's uh, a division that's probably better for Al Rey at, at 112. Um this huge Chocolatito fights is kind of an interesting situation that he's in because you know the Algae fight is there for some reason. Algao is being advised to take a Franco fight, which is less money and less um, less of a name and less credit if he wins it, right? And people are saying it's a tune-up, but it's not a tune-up. I, I promise you that's not a tune-up fight. That's a tough fight for him to win. You, if he wins and you can say, I told you it was a tune-up. That's a tough fight. I'm not, that, to say that the tune-up is really uh it's doing un, uh, unfair injustice to Estrada on taking that tough fight. It really is because that is a really tough fight to take for when he has Chocolatito there, a tough matchup with a way bigger payday and way more reward for that wrist. So let's see how it plays out. Um, another thing I want to talk about was just these lower weight classes and, you know, the opportunity that they're getting right and the, the TV time, uh, the screen time and, you know, why, you know, why it's happening now, you know, HBO at the end was having the super fly nights and all that, and they were doing that, but that was mostly because of budget situation, right? They really couldn't afford the big names anymore. And they were, it was winding down and they were throwing shows on that they had to throw on there, but they weren't really trying to spend. So they were getting a little creative with it, but the little guys are delivering now and why it's happening now with all the different networks, and all the different promoters spread to the networks right why why right now is the 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 little guys the women bo- women's boxing why is it exploding why is it having success now it's because it's getting an opportunity and when you have so many shows and they have to fill so many shows and you got to have main events and the same thing that happened in the UFC you got to you're going to have to expand the roster right and you're going to have to find t- high level talented fighters and if let's say you were going from lightweight to welterweight to middleweight to light heavy to heavyweight, right? And you were doing that on HBO and showtime, but now you're like, I need to get more guys. And you're not gonna go deeper than the bottom, you know, the top fifteen of weight division and say, like, let me get twenty five and thirty five. You know what I mean? You're not gonna do that because the talent level is really gonna drop off. It won't be entertaining you can't put that as a main event. So what do you have to do? You have to go find where there high level fighters that we haven't used before. We haven't really uh we haven't really, uh, you know, uh, put them out there or, you know, they needed to find high level fighters that were having could have good fights and they could make sense of putting them on a headline. So what they do, they went got the lower weight divisions, right? The weight divisions that were ignored. I'm talking about 118, um, even 122, 122, 118, 115, 112. They went and got those weight and They were like, okay, we need to fill spots. These are the guys we're going to go and put them on main events because we need to fill cards. And then they got women's boxing, which you see, it's, it definitely uh, looks like it's growing and getting uh, main event spots and uh, on main cards, right? And you weren't getting that for a while. And before, when you had like HBO and Showtime, it was a promoter and network telling you, them taking their chance and thinking, this guy's going to be a star, right? I'm not going to show you all the other stuff. I'll just show you this guy. He's going to be a star. And them telling you what they thought was going to be a star. Now what you're getting is everyone's on TV. You should watch anyone fight. And the stars are making themselves. The the network and the, the promoters, sometimes it's, it's going to happen on accident for them. They won't even know what they have. Like Alicia Bumgarner. they They didn't know what they had there. She goes in there. She beats Terry Harper. I don't think they're probably expecting that. She smokes Terry Har- Harper. And now Lisa Gardner covers fights. Now she talks on the zone. Now she's going to have a big fight with, um, with Meyer. And they, they didn't see that coming. They never thought that coming. They would never give her that chance that they didn't have to fill cards and put all these fights on TV and let the people decide what they really want to see and what they- catches their attention. This is happening now. You're not having promoters are gonna luck into some stars now. You're gonna start seeing this happen where these are not gonna be the guys. A lot of the stars are gonna come they Are gonna be guys they had no idea were gonna blow up like that. And if they would have been HBO Showtimes, they would have. They probably would never even uh, made it on the screen. And the UFC had a lot of this. They had Dana White was completely against women's fighting. He gets women's fighting and he. And then, and uh, Ronda Rousey blows up. She she becomes huge, a huge name for the sport. Conor McGregor, for years they weren't calling him in, right? As soon as he comes in, then the people like the way he talks, and he starts grabbing attention little by little, and then it just blows up. A lot of the times, right? Um, these stars are gonna come out of nowhere, and they're and because the way fighting works down, the way that everybody's getting opportunity, everybody's getting screen time, it's gonna. The promoter is his job is, honestly, it's just to fill cars now. It's not. It's not as uh, challenging as it once was where he had to find a star and he had to be able to see it first and all that. He doesn't. He just throws it out there kind of at this point. And it happens. And look at Bam now, right? Look at Bam. Like, you know, Bam could be an absolute superstar. I don't know if he would have had the same opportunities if it was in the old model with HBO and just Showtime running everything. I don't know if he would have. I can't say for sure that he would. On the Coleman event, we have MJ versus Ronnie Rios. Um, this fight went, especially early on, went exactly kind of how I thought it would go. Um, the success that MJ had was exactly the, uh, he was exactly in the positions where I thought he would have success at range, uh, using his back and forth movement. I don't think that he turns the corners all that well. I don't, I don't think he has the most skilled legs. I think he has athletic legs. I think he, if he can fight in the way that he wants to fight, I think he's a little bit one dimensional, but at that dimension, he's very good. If you can get him out of that dimension, that's where I think it gets shaky. But the thing with Ronnie Reels is he never really, you know, he went in there, he kind of boxed, they kind of fought in the middle of the ring. I think he felt good about how competitive that felt, but he was never winning that fight and he was never going to win that fight. At Early on, he was having like, hey, I kind of belong in here. And it kind of seemed like a guy stepping up and sparring for the first time with like a high level pro. And he's, at some points, he's just like, I'm just happy to be competitive in here. I'm not going to take any dumb chances to get embarrassed. And that's what I kind of felt about Ronnie Reels. I kind of felt like he was accepting of just kind of being feeling good in the middle of the ring. But he wasn't winning the fight. And then at points, you know, as the fight goes on, MJ is going to get more comfortable in a position that he's better at running reels. And he stepped it up. Ron Reels was not able to step it up from that point. Uh, from, from the first spell, that was the best he could fight at that range, at that distance, in that style. That wasn't MJ's best. MJ was still figuring it out. He was still getting his timing, his distance. And when he started stepping it up, he kind of uh, really became a punching bag. And then when MJ found the body, it was almost over at that point. Now, the weird thing is he hurts his hand. What they say, that's what they say happened. And then he stops going to the body. Now, that could be because his hand was hurt. That makes sense. And I pointed this out. I I tweeted it out. I was like, it's kind of weird. He never went back to the body. The next round, he goes back to the body and gets a stoppage. MJ, you know, was kind of becoming um, at 122 pounds. He was kind of just becoming the guy in the way of Undisputed. Like if Fulton was just going to run through him the same way, in you know, like you kind of use him like the same way we're using Butler for it, for in a way. It's like he was just the guy that had the belt that was stopping Fulton from being on Undisputed. And I think that this performance, I think, you know, it reminded me of the level that MJ is. Like I said, I don't know if he has to make adjustments. I don't know if he can do fight any other way. But I do know that the style he has, and if he can, he's good enough to fight that way and use that style. And he's good enough to keep that going and not allow you to make him make adjustments. I think he's going to be very competitive with Fulton or in a way. I really do. I'm not saying he wins those fights, but I'm just saying if he could keep it at that range, he'll be competitive with anyone. The problem is, I think Fulton could force him out of that range. I think Fulton could really be the pressure fighter in that matchup. And I think if Fulton could get that fight on the inside, I think he would break uh, MJ really bad. I think in a way, you know, if he holds up, like we got to also, you know, he's moving up weight classes, uh, multiple weight classes. I understand that there's only a few pounds from each weight class, but at one point it's going to be the last hay on the camel's back. Right. And there's going to be at one point where he's just too small. So we don't know how he reacts to the punches at one twenty two. We don't know how his power is at one twenty two. I'm assuming that it's gonna be still elite for both. And it, in a way it has you know, he's one of the most skilled fighters in the world. Right? That's why him and Fulton, who can both fight multiple styles and do multiple things in the ring, is such an interesting matchup. And if he can get MJ to start, you know, the um he could cover the range at MJ and not allow MJ to just get out with his feet. And he's allowed to cover that range really quick and make MJ start reacting and fighting uncomfortable and fighting his bases. He doesn't want to fight. You know, I would pick him to win too. I think I would pick both these guys to beat MJ just because they have the other dimensions to the game. But I don't want to say there's no way for MJ to win. Cause I've, I've read that too. That there's no way for him to win those matchups. And I don't think that's true. I do see a way that he can win. It's just very interesting on, if he can keep that style going in a fight for twelve rounds, I don't think there's a bad matchup right now between those three at one twenty two. There's also some other names like Aleem, Neary that are also very interesting at that weight class. It's a it's it's a pre- pretty talented weight class. And Inoue not even officially in it yet, but we're throwing his name in there because we know that's where he's going next. If Inoue fought MJ next, I'd be very happy with that. If MJ fought Fulton next, I'd be very happy with that. If Fulton fought Inoue next, I'd be overjoyed with that. There's Aleem is still a tough fight if uh, Fulton fought him or if he fights Like, they're still very good fights. Now, there's a mandatory for M- MJ, so you have to see how that plays out. Um, it seems like if PBC wanted to, they can, you know, get in the way of that mandatory and get that Fulton, and they could work out the networks, you know, crossing over, whoever's going to cross over or joint or whatever they're going to do to make the Fulton-MJ fight happen. That'd be great as well. Like I told you, there's no bad options right now. Really at 122, I think you have, uh, you know, Fulton in a way to me are you know the top dogs, but I don't think MJ is too far behind them. I would say, especially if he can keep the fight where he where he needs it. The fight before that to open up the card was Jessica McCaskill versus Alma Ibarra. And I I told you that Ibarra could have success if she could keep the range, but she just wasn't athletic enough and didn't have the power enough to really keep McCaskill off her. And McCaskill kind of knew that going in, and she just put full pressure on her. She knew she'd break her. She did. She broke her mentally. Ibarra wanted out of there. She she uh, she said, uh, you know, she told the corner, I don't want to fight no more. I just want to go home. You know, people were quick to call her a quitter. They were... Um, you know i get it yeah i get what it looks like I, we don't know what she's feeling in there uh there's a it's a big mental it's a a huge huge uh mental game what it's what boxing is and mentally she wasn't there so mentally either she was broken or mentally going in there she wasn't the most stable and McCaskill was landing some big shots and McCaskill is a mean fighter in there and has a high motor and is, is gonna keep coming she didn't want to be there anymore and that's I think that's the right decision for her. She don't want to be there no more and something wasn't uh feeling good for her. She made the right decision for herself. She got she went in there. I, I didn't think that at the beginning that she wasn't trying to win it or she was looking to take a fall. I don't think that. I just think that she ran into something that she couldn't handle and her her mind couldn't get past, right? And the challenge in front of her. And that was it. And she and she said, "That's I'm done." And I'm okay with that. We don't know. Like I said, we don't know what she's feeling. We don't know what she's going through. And that's a very dangerous sport to uh, not be in your right mind state and to be taking big shots like that. I, I, I'm if a fighter says they're done, they're done, and that's it. On to the next one. Now I think that you know people are probably not going to put her on TV belts anymore. That, that but that's the part of the game. Those are the cause and effect of everything that happens. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a damn good card. I, 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 you know, like I said, you didn't get maybe the great fights, but you got some good performances, and I think good performances to me are just as interesting sometimes as as good fights. And what Bam did, there's no way to not watch that and not enjoy it and not get excited about it, especially if you're, you know a boxing fan, a true boxing fan. Maybe casuals, uh, maybe didn't comprehend it, right? Maybe you didn't know who Sorombasai is. But if you're what if you're listening to me now, let me tell you, Sorombasai, he's being. Some top names. He's he's been he's been at the elite level, and what Bam did was an elite performance. That's the only way I could put it. It was a great performance. He's a guy that you're going to be watching for a lot of years. I really believe that, and I think that he's going to go on a hell of a run. And he already has two notable wins on his resume. He's the youngest world champion, and. He's not going to stop. It don't look like he's looking to take any easy way out. It looks like his, all his next matchups are going to be very tough. And he's got a couple weight classes to do it in. And, you know, he's eventually going to move to 118 as well. So it's going to get very interesting. Um, but there's this guy could be fighting all over the world. He will be fighting all the names. He, he's going to go through guys. And he if he's on your pound for pound now, which makes no sense to me, and your guys make believe world, he's going to be soon. There's no doubt about that. There's not going to be no stopping him. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the S-Raw podcast.